said praise the Lord. Lord. Alright, I'm turning to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 tonight. Had a good service at the Rock today. Appreciate those that could go. Hebrews chapter 4, and the writer said, beginning with verse 1, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter in to rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter 
into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Everybody said praise the Lord. I want to uh, preach for a little while on the haves and the have-nots. You may be seated. You know, in this world in which we live, uh, saying haves and have-nots, most people would equate that with money, things. But I would like to equate that with something that is far more valuable than money or any form of money, gold or silver or jewels or whatever. I would, any precious metals in other words. Um, I would rather tonight talk to you in terms of the true riches. The true riches. There are continual examples beginning with right up in heaven all the way to this split second that there's going to be two very distinct groups. There's going to be the haves and there's going to be the have-nots. There's going to be the haves will be those that have faith in what God says. And there'll be those that they have no faith mixed with it when it's preached to them, this word of God. And they'll be in the have-not category. They will be abundantly rich in unbelief. And they will be distressingly poor when it comes to faith. When in fact the Bible said that God hath chosen the poor of this world rich in faith. So God's way of looking at things as it is well documented in the scripture that his ways are above our ways and that his ways are not our ways either. That uh, we think differently in this world. Uh, people, human beings, they think very differently. They look at things very differently. They'll look at things, I, I have thought of um, the prophet, he was a mighty prophet, and that would be Samuel. And Samuel was raised up from a child. He had a very wise mother. And evidently the father was also wise. I read of no opposition from him. How that the, this child was brought at a very early age to the house, to the church house. And there he was early on exposed to the ways of the Spirit, the ways of God. There is a school in um, Monterey, California, and it's, uh, somebody mentioned it to me the other day, and I said, oh, yes. I said, the, the neighbor, actually, and I said, oh, yes. I said, the language school. She said, oh, you know of it. And I said, yes, I do. And uh, I didn't go on to tell her, but it's what they do there. You, they're getting ready to send you somewhere, overseas usually, where a certain language would be spoken, and so you are sent there to learn that language. So when they send you overseas, you'll know how to communicate. And the thing about this school is that 
from the time you walk into the classroom until the time you leave it, you only can speak that language that you're learning. How does that work on the first day? <laughs> I guess it's like getting the guy running up to the edge of the, to the pool or the swimming hole and He'd run up and he'd stop and everybody else was in there swimming and he'd run up and he'd stop and he'd run up and he'd stop. So somebody got out and snuck around behind him and the next time he ran up to stop, whoop, they just pushed him right in. I guess that's how that first day of the language school is. They just immerse you right away. And you are not allowed to speak a word of English. You have to speak whatever language, Italian or whatever, that you're, you're learning. I will often kid the people at the bank here in Belglade, and I have a lot of fun with them because they'll be rapidoing along in Spanish, and then all of a sudden they'll say something like Coca-Cola, and then go back to Spanish, and, and I have a lot of fun with that. Well, anyway, I, I sometimes will employ my limited Spanish, and I told one the other day to have a, a buen fin de semana, which means have a real ni nice weekend, a beautiful weekend, and, and so... She said, yeah, you too. And I said, what? I said, that would be igualmente. I said, help a brother with the Spanish here, will you? <laughs> well, you know, there is a language that God speaks. And that language is faith, my friend. You got to learn the faith language. You've got to communicate with God by faith. You've got to... Speak things by faith. You've got to understand that it's a, a very um, accepted commodity with God. You know, money is just a medium of exchange. And uh, you could, I knew one kid one time, he ran up to the ice cream man that was going through town, and he, the ice cream man stopped, and the kid told him what he wanted, and waited to the last second, the ice cream man handed him the ice cream, and he slapped a bunch of rocks up on the counter and ran away with the ice cream. <laughs> so his medium of exchange was rocks. Well, I guess um, the Russians, they've used rubles. You know, it sounds like rocks, doesn't it? So uh, people have their mediums of exchange, but God's medium of exchange is faith. God deals in the currency of faith. Uh, God wants you to realize that you can have a credit card of faith and do you know that your credit limit is unlimited you don't want to limit God because with God nothing is impossible and he can do anything and that you want to approach him the Bible said you want to come to his throne with boldness that doesn't mean you come with a smart aleck attitude that's not what that means at all. It means you come with confidence. You have good faith that God is able to do what you ask Him to do. That you're not asking amiss. You're not consuming something based on your own lusts or strong fleshly desires. But that you have come with a, a, a targeted thing here that is spiritual spiritually guided they have missiles that are guided they're guided missiles and they're designed to hone in on the target and it guides them right to it 
so that they don't have any misses. And I want our, our prayers to be guided prayers. I want our requests that the Bible said make them known unto God. Let them be guided prayers. Let them be guided requests. Let them be guided by a faith chip that they're going to go right to the mark. They're going to touch God's throne and that God's going to be moved by our faith because that's what moves God. That's what moves God. That's what gets Him to operate. Telling people, great is thy faith. An individual, a man, told the Lord, he said, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. He said, because I understand how it works. He said, I also am a man. And I'm accustomed to, accustomed to authority. I have people that I, under me that I can say, go do this, and they do it. And he said, and I have, I'm under authority also. People will say to me that I have to go do something, and I go do it. He said, so just speak the word. Man, that marveled Jesus. That got his attention. And it also got the answer to the man's prayer. <laughs> I like that. I, I prayed to the Lord here just um, one of the other mornings ago, and I'm thinking now it's been a little over a week ago now, and early that morning at Man Up, problem was there wasn't too many men up. <laughs> but me and the Lord were up, and, uh, and uh, I can usually count on Tom to stumble in, even if it's a little late. He'll get here. And, uh, but I had prayed, and I, I asked the Lord for something. And that matter of fact, that afternoon, I got a phone call, and God had answered my prayer. Just a matter of hours. I was so excited. I was so happy. Man, you talk about answer me speedily. And I didn't even pray that way. I didn't even ask God to answer me speedily. Don't tell him what would happen if I asked him that. <laughs> Somehow I got in the right vein there. I got in the will of God about this thing. And, and I want to believe that the Holy Ghost guided my prayer. That the Holy Ghost helped me to pray a prayer that wasn't consumed upon my own lust. But that it was, it was based on the right motives and motivation. When the Word of God is being preached, I want, it, I want to receive it in faith. I don't want to bow up against it. I don't want to be stubborn in my attitude. I don't want, I know that there are times when God tests our spirit. He puts us to the test. He proves us. We're going to find out what's lurking in that heart. I want there to be, I want there to be faith. Because I want to be among the number that is found to have faith. You read the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you're reading the Faith Hall of Fame. I don't read anything in there about RBIs or percentage points or averages or anything like that. I don't read about any of that. I read about people that were operating by faith. I read about women that received their dead raised to life by faith. I read about a, an inspiration that was so heavy on the writer. Some would tell you Paul. Others would tell you Apollos. Really honest people will tell you we don't know who, who God used to write the book of Hebrews. But he was somebody that had some powerful insight. And when he got to that 11th chapter and got down towards the end, towards the, the 40th verse just before it, he said, time would fail me. 
to tell you. And he started speaking some names. He said, but time would fail me to tell you of these people. He'd already given us a big catalog. He'd already touched so many uh, different ones and brief bios about them. How that by faith and through faith. Oh, yes, but then he gets down to it and he says, man, I'm running out of space here. <laughs> I'm running out of time here. I, I've just got to, you know, I can't speak about this one, this one, this one, this one, and this one. Or, whoo, be like that preacher last Wednesday night. Be into overtime. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible said in Ephesians 1, and 12, that we should be, we should be to the praise of His glory. And any praise comes our way. It should be about us. It should all be reflected to the glory of God. It's all about getting the praise to Him. That's why we want to let our light so shine. Now, where did we get that light to begin with? We got it from God. Okay, so we wouldn't have that light if it wasn't for Him. That marvelous light. But we want to let our light so shine. And we do want to do that so that God will be glorified. That's the bottom line. That we should be to the praise of His glory. That, it would, that people would praise His glory. People would, the way we live and the way we operate, that people outside would, as was kind of stated tonight, that they would, they would marvel at our lifestyle. They would, they would look at us and they, it would make them praise God. Oh, yes. That it would all be to the praise of His glory. Who first, he said, who first trusted in Christ. Now, that's a reference by the apostle to the early original apostolic church. That's who he's talking about. Those that were the first fruits. The first fruits of them that believed. He said, in whom... Ye also trusted. Now, they trusted. And now he said, and you're trusting. He's reaching to these people at Ephesus. He's got a new congregation that he's bringing in. He's birthing into this town and area of Ephesus. Okay? And he said, and whom ye also trusted, or ye all, good southern term there, also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. It's the word of truth that we want to receive by faith. That we want to meet it with faith. That we want to roll out the red carpet of faith when the Word of God comes our way. We don't want to resist it. We don't want to fight it. We don't want to argue with it. We, we don't want to put up a wall, go into a defensive mode. But we want to receive it with faith. So he said, in whom you also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And then he went on to say, which is the earnest of our inheritance? It's just the, the beginning of it. It's just a small part of it. You know, um, I know you get scared when I grab this because you figure I won't preach real long. I'll try not to do that tonight. No promises, but I'll try. A little bit. But uh, the earnest of our inheritance, 
I, was, I made a statement the other night, one of the miracles that God gave, and how that he gave someone a, a house with no, no money down. The next thing I know, I've got three children coming in all different ages telling me that they told their mom how that somebody got home and no money and they don't have to pay any money at all. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I said, oh, boy. I think you missed that one. Went right over your head. I said, let's break it on down. <laughs> so I told him, I said, when you buy a house, the bank or the lender is going to require a down payment in almost all cases. Almost. And let's just say 99.9999999 cases, they're going to require a down payment. So if the house is $100,000, they're usually going to want 20%, minimum 10%. So that's anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000 down. That's called earnest money. It's just, it's really the small portion, though, of the 100000 right? It's a lot of money, but it's still a small portion of the overall selling price. Okay. And so I said, and then after you do that, then they tell you at what amount of interest they're going to loan you this money, this $80,000, we'll call it, $80,000. And they're going to tell you for how many years they're going to loan it to you for. The longer the years, the smaller the payment will be. And so you'll have a monthly payment. I said, now the difference is if you rent something, then what is called the earnest money in, in the rental department area is first, last, and security. Same idea. You have to put up that money up front. So if the, if the rent is $800 a month, then you got to put up $2,400 just to get in the house. So one's a rental situation. The other is a buying situation. But in both cases, you've got to put money down. I said all that to say this. Number one, the miracle God gave was that there was no money down. That was the miracle. No money down was required at all. Just pay a monthly payment every month. And that was it. And it was a very reasonable monthly payment. Okay, now we got that straight. So don't go home telling it wrong, okay? But the lesson I would like you to get out of this is that that money down, that earnest money, that's the small part. If it's $100,000 and you put down $20,000, then you still owe $80,000. You put down the $20,000, that's the small part. That's the earnest money. And the idea is they want you to feel that you put something into this and you won't just so easily walk away from it. They call it earnest money, down payment money. Okay, but it's the smaller part that I want you to notice. And my point there, and the Bible's point is, that when we get baptized in Jesus' name, we get the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is just the earnest. God has just given us the small part. He's saying, I'm giving you the small part. The big part is yet to come. The larger part is yet to come. We have so much to look forward to in the name of heaven, okay, that we, we are... We're not even buying the farm, folks. He bought it for us, okay? He's only asking you to have faith in what he's told you. 
He wants you to believe. He wants you that have, after that, you've believed, and after that, you've trusted, and you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you've been sealed with this Holy Spirit of promise. He's telling you that I want you to realize, as good as you feel and as happy and excited as you are, that this is just an appetizer. This is just the earnest. This is just the little part. This is just the beginning. And if you can properly visualize that, then you, you've got to realize how great it is what's waiting for us. And no wonder the writer said that we groan. We groan to be clothed upon with our house made in the heavens without hands, our, our immortal body that is never going to get overweight and it's never going to get old okay everybody said praise the Lord and it's never going to have any aches or pains there won't be any Arthur that's arthritis won't be any of that okay won't be any of that oh yeah how wonderful and he said you heard this word of truth after that you heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed, the Holy Ghost, with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, that's us, unto the praise of His glory. He's going to catch us away out of here. You hear me? He's going to visit this old planet that will be rocking to and fro and being dislodged from its place, getting ready to drop into a bottomless pit on fire for all of eternity where every mountain will be moved and every island will be moved and everything will, will be melting, if you please. The Bible said that. And here we will. That will be going down and we will be going up. Do you hear me? We will be going up and we're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. And the reason for that is because there is yet, when you get the Holy Ghost, you get the rest. That's just the beginning of it. That's why he said, goes on to say in this fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews, and let me put my finger on it so we get it good and straight. Everybody said, praise the Lord. For he tells us that there therefore remaineth a rest. Verse 9 there, remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. That we have this earnest, and this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. Isaiah 28 and 11. But that's the earnest. That's the little part. That's as great as this experience is, and it, there's nothing any greater given to men on earth. But yet, it's just the beginning. It's just the appetizer. He's wanting you to know there is so much more. He's wanting you to keep marching, putting one foot in front of another, praying one prayer in front of another, worshiping Him, going to church, being a part of the work of God, dialing your mind in, and uh, using the, the shield of faith, and, and absolutely deflecting off and quenching all the fiery darts of the enemy, 
and you want your shield to be soaked in the, in the water of the Word of God and let it quench the fiery darts of the enemy. You want the breastplate of righteousness on the right and the left. You want your sword to be sharp and that Word of God in your heart dwelling in you richly. You want that helmet of salvation. You want your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace in your loins, girded about with truth. You want to have this working and operating in your life. Because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But if you want the best, then you got to be among the haves. you got to have faith. You must have faith. Everybody said amen. All right, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hear that now. If you want to please Him, you must have faith. You must have faith. Yes, sir. These people, they came out of Egypt. They came out of the world. They were delivered from Pharaoh, Satan, the devil, his ugly spirit. He, they were delivered from that by a high and a mighty arm of authority. And he led them out by a prophet, and he preserved them by a prophet, Moses trained preacher and minister of the Lord. And as Moses led them out, led them forth, even to the point when they were very aware of their enemy coming behind them because you know the devil wants you back. You know he wants you back. He, doesn't, he does not want you escaping from him. And Jesus has made a way of escape for us. And as we repent, as we get baptized in Jesus' name, and we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we also, after that, we have heard that word of truth and that gospel of our salvation, okay? And we've, we've come into the body of Christ. We've been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise so that we're not bucking and, and we're not twisting and warping, okay? Because we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise because we, we've received the word of God in faith okay for unto us was the gospel preached just like it was to them the difference we're in the haves they were in the have-nots they chose not to have faith they chose unbelief wrong choice bad choice they they displeased God and not only that but they put themselves in the red because it, the Bible said that the word preached did not profit them. They weren't on the right side of the ledger. They were on the negative side. They were sinking, sinking, sinking because they didn't have faith. They didn't use it. They didn't use what was made available to them. They chose not to do that. Many people will not use what God has given to them. Many people will stifle the gift that God has placed in their life. They will put their light under a bushel basket. And to add insult to injury, then they'll shove it under the bed. When all the while God wants that light on top of the table so that those that are coming in can see that light and it can help guide them. Let your light so shine. God wants you to let your light shine 
by faith. He wants you to stand out there by faith. One guy wrote a song one time. He said, are you outstanding in your field or are you outstanding in your field? Some people are shining. Some people are letting the light shine. Some people are just standing around, you know. So he went on to say here that he's, that the Lord was not happy with these people. And so he said, they're not going to enter into my rest. And he said, today, if you will hear his voice, he said, harden not your hearts. He said, for if Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. They had their way. It was made for them, coming out of Egypt. And though the enemy was behind them and the ground was shaking and vibrating and was trying to put fear into their hearts. Maybe it was quoted tonight that God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God hasn't given us fear. And that this complete love of God casteth out fear. My faith is in God. And Moses, behind, they're complaining and murmuring. They want to they kill Moses. They want to kill the preacher. That never is going to solve the problem. It's only going to make things worse. And uh, they murmured and they complained and they, in all of that confusion, faith was being lost. The, the, uh, Confusion was making for what happens when you're trying to get a clear channel on the radio and there's a lot of static and there's a lot of interference, you know. And that's what all that murmuring does. And it begins to cause there to be a, a lack of faith, a disruption of faith. It doesn't make for faith, it makes for unbelief. And that doesn't please God at all. So we don't want to fall after the same example because they found themselves in a big old mess. And you know, once that got started and God said to Moses, get up off of your face and take my people and tell them to go forward. And you know, Moses could have said, but we've got a sea in front of us and we've got Pharaoh and his iron chariots behind us. But I don't read where Moses said that. Man, Moses just said, yes, sir. Forward means go through that Red Sea. And boys, he marched towards it. God said, raise your rod. Raised his rod. Whoop! The waters went up. Man, I'm telling you, God can cause some things to open up if you'll have faith in him. If you will have faith in him. You have not because you ask not. Instead of asking, people panic. People jump overboard. People panic. People go backwards. People entertain unbelief and murmuring and complaining. When all the writer said was, you have not because you ask not. You know, just ask him in faith. I understand how it works, God. You just speak the word. 
you speak the word and it happens. Everybody said amen. You can remain standing. He went on to say, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder joints and marrow, discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Have faith in God tonight. Be among the haves because the haves are going to heaven. Those that have faith in what he's saying, what he has said, what he is saying, and what he's going to be saying. He's going to be speaking to his church, and he's going to be speaking to his leadership, and they're going to see the Bible said eye to eye when the Lord shall bring again Zion. We are living in the end of the last days. And it's, it's important that we don't follow the wrong example because, see, that all got started. Moses raised the rod, and the Red Sea opened, and they went through. God brought the wind and dried the riverbed up, and they went through on, on dry ground and got to the other side. And then God had Moses put the rod down, and the water came down and just absolutely wiped the enemy out. They saw them again no more. You know, wasn't that nice? You know, there's some people I haven't seen anymore, and I'm very glad about it. i got to be honest with you. Troublemakers, malcontents, people who were murmuring and complaining and trying to create a lot of unbelief, trying to cause trouble within the, the church and the church family and with no thought whatsoever about the consequences. I'm going to tell you what, in 38 years here, I've seen some people go, and they're gone. God said, David said, beat them small as dust. You know, that dust stuff just, I told you, she just fell, don't do dust. She don't like none of that stuff around here at all. You know? And I got to tell you, girls, you can think it's clean. She'll come through and, oh, brother. You know? She'll find all the things that she feels like you should have found and didn't. I used to call her Blade because... We'd mow the lawn, guys. We'd mow the lawn. We'd come by, and before she would say, oh, the lawn needs to be mowed. We'll come by, and she won't say anything. And I'll say, hey, we mowed the lawn. Yeah, but look at that blade right over there. <laughs> I'm glad you can laugh, Tom. I found it hard to laugh, man. <laughs> Woo! Come on now. Oh, God can do things, church family. He wants his church to go forward. You hear me? And in going forward, I want you to know that they were tested and they were tried and they were proven to the point that of 3 million people, just those that were 21 and down went in to Canaan land, to the promised land. Because those other folks... That seed of unbelief had gotten in there. You know the devil will come back again and again until you beat him small as dust, until you put him to the run, until you let him know that you're not going the way he wants you to go and you're not going to listen to what he wants you to listen to. You resist him to the point that he flees. You know the devil flees in the face of faith. He can't stand up to good, strong faith. He can't do it. He hates it. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And that's what happened to them.
they provoked Moses again. And they provoked him till it became known as the place of strife. And God said, God swear, they're not going in. They're just a bunch of have-nots. Here we are in a situation, and all they can do is mulligan. All they can do is murmur. All they can do is complain. All they can do is go listen to somebody, treat them like a garbage pail or a septic tank, and fill them up with all that garbage. God said, I'm, I'm going to take the, the halves. And you know, God has a whole different way of evaluating things in conclusion. God has a different way. Samuel, child, a child brought to God earlier. Now he's a grown man, prophet of the Lord, greatly feared or respected. He comes to town one day. Oh, everybody's ready. Man, it's 4th of July, so to speak. The barbecues have been fired up. You know, all the, the different things to eat have been brought, and everybody's getting ready. And Samuel says, first, we've got to conduct business. And he said, Jesse. I want you to bring your sons. Well, he brought them. Boy, he brought all the big guys. I need a little help. Brother Williams, come up here. Brother Andre, Brother Omar, Brother Donnie, straight line for me. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You can turn and face the congregation. And uh, boy, them, them sons of Jesse, they're all big guys. They're all big guys. And they, they, Samuel went to he had the oil. Let me get my oil. Where's my oil? You want me to keep the cap on, don't you? Boy, he, he was ready. God said, no. No? No. Well, how about this one? No. Surely this one. He's a big guy. God said, no. Samuel said, man, I'm getting hungry. I told people we weren't going to eat until I found the one. Looks at the last guy. Surely this is the one. Sister Williams said that. He said, nope, nope, nope. Oh, man. And so the prophet said, hey, Jesse, haven't you got any more sons? You didn't think the guy was a factory. <laughs> he said, he said, and he thought so little of his, of his youngest son, he, he just said, no, nah, I ain't got any more except, except for that one. He's out taking care of the sheep. He thought so little of him. He, and the prophet said, well, you go get them. He said, because we're not eating until you get them out here. Boy, everybody's stomach was growling. Here came David. Come here, Anthony. Come on over. You, you know what? You better come over here in front of Donnie. Yeah, right about there. Hey, little old David. I know Samuel was chuckling inside. And, and God said, that's him. And Samuel was like, okay, by faith, okay, you said it, that's it. Beep. Put all that oil on him. And this is the guy that took out Goliath. Isn't that something? God's ways of evaluating things are so different. But you see, and it don't mean that these guys didn't have good hearts, but, but this was the heart that God chose. This was the one that God said, this is a man after my own heart. Yes, sir. So you see, God, he, don't, he does not evaluate things like we do. That's all that natural stuff. 
You know, he was looking at them guys and said, man, that dude's big. Whoa. God said, no. Look at that one. He's good looking. No. I don't know which one to use. I guess Brother William. He's got a head of hair, man. I told Eddie, I said, Eddie, you getting a, a summer haircut this summer? It's almost summer. He said, yeah. I said, man, you going to cut off all that good looking hair? Man, I wish, you think you could go down there and catch that and sew it? Man, oh man, oh man. Ah, but the prophet heard God say, nope, make the one with the good head of hair. Nope. Nope. Not that one. You're looking at all, and you would think Samuel wouldn't have been looking like that, him being raised up in the church all his life. You'd have thought. I guess he really was hungry. He was in a hurry because something was, was interfering there. And here come old David running with a slingshot hanging out of his hand. He's just been out there doing it all, man. And God said, there he is. <laughs> old Samuel, I know them brothers were mad, and I know that Jesse was incredulous. He had to be saying, are you kidding me? Oh, friend, how great it is the way God does things. You know, God does things to the praise of His glory. He does it to the praise of His glory. You don't want to be trying to take God's glory. You want to, you want to make sure God's getting the glory. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands. You can turn this way, man, and everybody's going to join us. As she sings, let's come to the front for a few moments. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, sir. Let's be among the haves. Let's have faith in God. Have faith oh, yeah. in God. Just have faith in God. If you trust in Him and 